Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Let Me Tell You. Now, here's Joan Hamburg. Welcome, one and all, to Let Me Tell You. I'm Joan Hamburg, and you know, we do two podcasts a week. We do the show podcast. So if you miss the Joan Hamburg show every Sunday at two o'clock, you can go to the podcast. And we do an original podcast called Let Me Tell You. And I share a lot of the people we talk to and interview, feature stories, where to go, what to do, what to buy, and generally just kvetch a little bit, complain. But we're entitled to it. All of us, everywhere, whether you're living in Europe or Asia or New York or New Jersey or Connecticut, whatever, we're all in it. And we have a right to complain. This is endless. So when someone says, so what'd you do? Where'd you go last week? Nowhere. What'd you do? Nothing. Small victories. I cooked. Well, what did you cook? Boring. I made a turkey breast. And um, I have a new thing with making gravy. You probably do it. For roast chicken, too. I take every vegetable celery, carrots, parsnips, turnips, onions. Cut them all up. Zucchini, too, although that's a little watery. And I put it in the bottom of the pan with a little chicken stock and let it just cook until all the good juices come out of the chicken or the turkey. And then after it's cooked, and you've got this wonderful stock and all the vegetables are soft. I use that little immersion blender. You know, it looks like a stick and you just puree everything and you've got this really delicious vegetable stock. And I serve that over it or I add it to soup or we had leftover turkey and we made one of our pot pies. You know, you just cut it up, throw it in the bowl and I had a lot of fresh vegetables, but you don't have to. You can go freeze a part of any market and get a package of organic mixed vegetables and throw it in. You can cheat and add Campbell cream of mushroom, chicken, any one of those into the pot and blend it with a little stock. And then I whip potatoes and make the crust on that and put turkey onion rings on top of that. Guys, I'm telling you, it's delicious. And if you don't want to use the soup, we use what's left of the gravy 
and a little potato starch to thicken it and make our own stock. And it is good. So I, I did shrimp curry one night, basic, easy recipe. We took um, blackfish, black bass, blackfish bass, and we wrapped it in parchment with a ton of tomatoes and onions and all kinds of vegetables, wrapped it up tight, put it in a very hot oven. It was so good. And we used tarragon and other fresh herbs that we got in the market. So, I mean, we we cook. We've been cooking a lot. And for dessert, I'm trying not to keep baking or eating all those sweets. You know, I once did a story about grandma's coffee cake from this Massachusetts family. And you had to mail order it. But believe it or not, they have this coffee cake in King Cullen. It's good. And I did eat it. But I made poached pears. The markets are filled with pears. And very simple. I put them in a dish, in a, a, a deep dish, like a little souffle dish that had depth. Took four or five pears. I peeled part of them, left the stem on, and I did really good maple syrup mixed with a little orange juice, some cinnamon, if you want some cloves, poured it over and cooked it until the pears got all caramelized and the sauce thickened. It was really delicious. And we had that for dessert one night with vanilla ice cream. It was good. So we did a lot of that because we still, what else has changed? The weather's colder. We have COVID. Oh, and to add to it, we have inflation. What can I tell you? But we're still trying not to allow ourselves to be depressed. We were out on the east end of Long Island where, again, you know, what did you do? Nothing. Every day. I said, well, I read a lot. I read a lot of books for the show. I read a lot of papers. I clip a lot of stuff. I try to go outside every day. I don't know why I think that can offset all the junk that I manage to eat. It's good junk, but I like it. It makes me feel good. And I'm lucky because the beach is right near me. So I go to the beach and it reassures me everything is okay. And the sand, because of the cold, is packed really hard. So you can walk and walk and walk, and it's like walking on the road. You know, when the sand is really soft, I have terrible knees, so the sand doesn't help. But now when it's hard packed like that, and the ocean, one day it was like a lake. It was so beautiful. And the fishermen were so happy. There's always people fishing down there. And the other day, it was wild, the ocean. It looked like a big storm was coming. The ocean's a good teller, better than weather people, of what the weather is going to be like. So I like that. <clears throat> and I feel it's very reassuring. Today, 
on Let Me Tell You. I'm going to introduce you to an old friend of mine. She's a journalist. She was a congresswoman. And she, as a single mother, young in her 20s, adopted a seven-year-old from Korea. And by chance, that child became my daughter's roommate. At college, they didn't know that the mom and I knew each other. It's an amazing story, but she's an amazing woman. And if you think you have aggravation with your own kids and everything, find out what it's like to bring up 11 kids, many of whom were from different places in the world. But it's fun, and you're going to be interested. So join me, and you'll say hello to Marjorie Margolis. Don't forget, we not only do this podcast, we do the show podcast. And we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're everywhere. They dragged me kicking into the year 2022. But we're ready for it. And maybe all this going on three years and pain and loss and trying to hold ourselves up and not allow ourselves to get depressed, we're all in the same boat. Whether we live here, whether we live in Asia, whether we live in Europe, South America, we're all suffering and going through the same thing. And we've all suffered some kind of loss, whether it be time, whether it be loved ones. We all have anxiety about this mystery virus, which seems to have felled even the greatest minds. On the other hand, we have vaccines and we have boosters and we're trying to keep up with science which we're learning whoever paid attention to public health not a lot but we're learning that every day it changes every day and we're trying to change and get along with it but meanwhile we're going to enjoy ourselves to the best of our ability so hang on let me tell you Straight ahead, I'm Joan Hamburg. I just finished reading a really amazing book. And during these times, I'm telling you, it is inspirational. It's going to make you feel good. And it's going to question a lot of things and a lot of things that occur in families. I'm talking about Marjorie Margolis's new book, And How Are the Children? Marjorie was a member of Congress from Pennsylvania, a journalist for almost all of her grown-up life. She's a woman's right advocate, and she's a mother. I lost count somewhere along the way, but at least 11. And many of you will remember, well, I'm taking you back a long time, when Marjorie, as a journalist, was covering Korea and other places in the world, and she then, a young, unmarried woman, ended up adopting a child, a foreign child. That's something that was really quite startling then. And Marjorie, if you recall, also was the vote, the deciding vote in favor of President Clinton in 1993, in his budget, 
And in a way, it was it hurt her political career and certainly helped his. So, And I've known Marjorie, I have to tell you, a long time. But our paths crossed through journalism. But Marjorie, you lived in Philly. You lived in Washington. You were not a New Yorker. So we knew each other through work, you know, the way you know people who are in your world. But we weren't friends at that time. I have to tell the story. I will tell the story. <laughs> Our children room t- were, were really good friends. Did they room together? I don't think they roomed together. Brown. Yes, they had they one a- of those houses when they were all oh, in right, it together. Right, right. right yeah. Coincidence um, that it was your daughter and my daughter. We didn't set them up and we didn't know. And my daughter kept on saying to me, you got to meet Joan. Joan, come on, you got to meet Joan. Joan. Joan's the person for you, et cetera. And I am driving from Philadelphia to Washington. Remember those days where we didn't have cell phones or anything? Right. And I, and I, and I, and I find your, your radio program. And you say, I'm waiting for a call from my daughter, uh, who just returned from visiting her friend. Now, your daughter is in Japan. Right. Just returned from visiting her friend, Lihei, um, and we're going to be talking about the visit. And I'm thinking, holy moly, that's my kid. And um, she's in so Korea, I, your daughter, then. Right. My, she was in Korea spending part of her junior year at Yonsei mm-hmm. University. And when I got to Washington, of course, uh, the first thing I did was call you. And we've been friends ever since. Right. Isn't that fun? And Marjorie had said to me, you know, I can't believe this because I have tried to get hold of my daughter and I couldn't get her. And there were all kinds of things going on in Korea then. Demonstrations, you know, right, yeah. Demonstrations and kids and you were really worried. And suddenly in your car on the radio, you hear me say, my daughter Lizzie was visiting her friend Lee in Korea and you almost went off. Isn't that wild? Yeah, a coincidence. You called me and that was it. We've been friends ever since. But uh-huh. explain, let's, and how are the children? It's the your basis, story. Well, 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 but let me tell you about the title. Um, I started an organization called Women's Campaign International because I, I headed our, um, our delegation for the Fourth World Conference before most of you were born, except Joan and I were definitely alive uh, in 1995. Um, and when I got back at the White House, they said, basically, we got to get more women to the table. So I started this organization actually at Annenberg, the University of Pennsylvania, gave us our first big grant. And um, when you travel around the world, you pick up all these wonderful phrases. The Maasai warriors do not say, um, so how wow. are you? <laughs> they say, <laughs> they say, and how are the children? So that's where the title of the book comes from. Which is a great title. And that's where you picked up many years later, because people do ask you all the time, what happened to all those kids? What are they doing? And you certainly had a mixed household that was unbelievable. And I remember once we, I forget, it was some occasion for one of the kids. It was always an occasion. And we went to visit you in this sprawling house in Pennsylvania. And it was like, Maybe two kids, you know, there were 11 of them, but it was like everyone sort of did his or her thing and it worked. Oh, my. Yeah. And one of our kids, 
um, who no longer, unfortunately, is with us. Oh, boy, do I miss her. Holly, um, well, huge character, huge. Uh, half Vietnamese, half American. She would walk into any kind of dinner party and she would say, are we going to adopt any of these people? Um, <laughs> she was <laughs> great. Uh, yeah, no, it was. It was It was one of those houses. And sometimes it didn't work, you know, but they, they were terrific. And honestly, um, and they say this too, especially uh, the littler ones, you know, the little who are no longer little, but they say you can drop me any place and I can survive because we had such a, a an odd the best one, though, and the one whom I, um, yeah, you know, you don't want to say you're the favorite child, but I really do like this kid. Um, we were walking on one of these, you know, we take these nine kids or so, ten kids, depending on who was available on a vacation. And um, we were walking on a beach one day, and Vu uh, said to me, and I'll tell you about Vu, um, said to me, what would have happened to me had my shoulder been on a different desk that day? And that's exactly what this book is all about. I mean, it's it's looking at how this strange group of people got together and survived the peaks and troughs of having a family like ours. But Vu, uh, we, when we moved back to Philadelphia, we were in Washington for a while because Ed was a member of Congress. And well, wait, let's was- let's explain. When this all started, you were a young journalist. You were covering. I think orphanages was that accurate in Korea at that point? No, one of one of I started out in Philadelphia, and, and in a strange way, I was always interested in you know in kids' stories and everything. And I I went to several of them. These picnics of these Korean kids who had been adopted by American families, and mm-hmm. I, I they were just adorable. And actually, I said you know I really could adopt a hard place kid. So I started to look into that at the time. For very good reason, the 99% of the hard place kids were African-American, and they were trying to place African-American kids for very good reason with African-American families, certainly not single families. When I started to go to these Korean picnics, and I thought, oh, wow. And and I started to talk to the the organization called HOLT in Eugene, Oregon, when they had certainly never dealt with anybody like me, ever I mean, they hadn't dealt with a single person. They certainly, they were fundamentalists. Um, and I, I said, I'd love to do maybe a follow-up. I talked to the folks at the, the station I was working at was a CBS-owned and operated station. And I said, I'd love to do a follow-up. You know, I'm, I, I will go to Korea, and I did my own, and I brought my own camera, and, every, and they gave me a camera. Um, and that's how it started. I went to Korea to do a follow-up on these these orphans who at the time were coming in into the United States in numbers that, not not anymore. Um, that were quite uh, quite amazing, and um, and that's how it started. And I got there. I had papers. I had you know the, the people in Philadelphia were wonderful. They did a home study, and I got there. And as as I was ready to leave, the the person who ran the orphanage there, who was a gem, called and said, "We picked a little girl for you. Would you like to meet her?" And, and she I was think, considered right hard to adopt because she wasn't a baby, and most people wanted infants. She was a, she was seven, and right. uh, and you know and you know Lee Hay, uh, you know she walked over and she didn't speak any English. She said, "How do you do?" And that was it, you know. And uh, and then I got her in on a student visa, which hadn't happened because I was single and I needed a husband to bring her in on an I six hundred. And 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 that's how it started. It was nineteen seventy, and she was and I wrote a book called "They Came to Stay." 
Mm-hmm. And in this book, in, in this, this book, And How Are the Children, there is a chapter basically saying they stayed. Um, so, uh, and you know Lee I mean, Lee is just one, one in a trillion. Uh, right, just, amazing. <laughs> she really is. Uh, and she hates to, for, for us to talk about her, but too bad. She's terrific. She has three kids. Uh, two have graduated from college, it's hard to believe, and one is right. in college. And she's just, she's great. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And she was extraordinarily well-adjusted. And, I mean, I think that even you didn't know because you were a young woman yourself and, and here you adopted this child. And it was like, wow, this is not so hard. You know, she she just, <laughs> right, was like right. a duck in water. She, whatever it was, she went with it, this kid, and made it work. She really did, and um, and she, uh, immediately she she was just she was easy. She you know I can remember going to pick her up at at, at her school um, afterwards, and, and the kids came. And this is like three months into her being here, and the kids came out and they said, "Mrs. DeSantis told us not to laugh when when Lee Hay read because she doesn't the English is not her first language." You know, and and then one of the kids said, and she's the best reader in the class. <laughs> um, that it was, was and that's what Lehi was. Yeah, Lehi just Lehi just worked, um, you know, and still does at everything she does. And ultimately, they, I mean, each one of the children has a story. And Lehi, um, Marjorie found her brother's a relative, whatever. So that I can't believe you remember this stuff. You're really you have a good memory. Well, yeah. and I also read your book. So, but I do remember <laughs> all of that, and I and I do recall the brothers and the aunt, and you know you provided history, which is so important for kids who, if they can find it, who are adopted yeah. or fostered, it makes a difference. And then Marjorie adopts another child, a Vietnamese child. Now, you and then met your then-husband, was it after you adopted your second child? Yeah, yeah, both of them were adopted. Uh, so I was single with these two um, uh, children whom I ado- adopted from 1970 and 1975. Um, and, I mean, Holly, the second one, half Vietnamese, half American, came smoking. Uh, she was pickpocket, and she was really good. Um, and, and she was also seriously the most hilarious person I've ever met. Right. She, she was a total survivor, a complete total survivor. Very smart, very smart, but, but never, but was always a survivor. Right. Um, and a know, street she, she kid. A, a real street kid. And, uh, but funny, oh my God, you know, um, t- Ma, you're supposed to get married or pregnant first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, she was just, she was just a riot. 
And um, then other children came. And what was interesting, Marjorie, is you married, he was a congressman at, right. at that time, and he was receptive to, you know, first there were one, then there were two, and then there ended up with his kids too, being <laughs> 11. Right. I, he, he did. My parents thought I was certifiable, and he thought I was a little nuts too. But, but yeah, he was very, very willing to uh, um, join the party. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, life kept going on with all of these adventures. And as you say, the forward of the book is by um, Hillary Clinton. And in fact, Marjorie's son, well, we never mentioned, but in the midst of all this, she, Marjorie, had two of her own children with her then husband, Ed, the congressman from Iowa. Correct. Okay, yes. so you had your two sons with Ed. Right, and then, and then we had this wonderful, this, definitely eccentric, the, the woman who came as the mother in this refugee family, um, but Vu, the son, is, is just has been totally amazing. And so we had this refugee family come, which I've you know which I've mentioned, and uh, it was supposed to be a mother and a little boy. And um, then there were two cousins. So they said, "Could you take the cousins?" And then it, several years later, um, they found the husband in Vietnam in an education camp. So they, and they lived with us for twenty five years. Mm. You know, I, know. I, I remember, and it was so long ago, when we went to visit you at some point, and I remember that the mommy would sleep on the floor. And I said to you, does everyone sleep on the floor, you know, with all these kids? But culturally, that was what was comfortable to for her. Oh, and, and, and uh, one of the stories which <laughs> Mark, Mark used in his... Your son. Uh, when he... Mark, bio kid, um, you used in his essay to college was um, we have an un- we have a bizarre family, and uh, Mrs. Shu, this is Vu's mom, the mama, yeah. um, figured out and knew that you needed acid in in in, um, in gardenia plants. We had these gardenia plants in our in our living room, um, so she had Andrew um, make a wee wee. Uh, every morning into the gardenia plant, um, and every now and then, and, and, and every now and then we would have uh, guests, and Andrew would go to the gardenia plant. Show off! Oh, he watered the yeah. plant. Yeah, yeah, oh and uh, so yeah, and uh, he he would, uh, and I would walk over to him and I say, "Sweetie, if there are people here, you can't do that." Um, yeah. Uh, All right. Um, well, yeah, we have to have you hang up your phone. Marjorie's getting a call. Okay. And I'm talking Um, to Marjorie um, Margolis and how are the children, the story of... Let me just just tell you, we had the biggest gardenia plants in the world. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) The flowers were just huge. I'm sure. Apparently, you need some acid. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the boys are too big now. And Marjorie uh, raised a family of... Her own children, adopted children, sponsored children, stepkids, and they all sort of blended and contributed to each other's lives. And Marjorie, too, has had a fascinating life with all of this. 
And things have changed a lot, though. I don't mean necessarily in your life, but in the adoption world, are people adopting the way they did years ago from Vietnam, from Korea, or have they made it tougher? Well, I'm kind of not not as well as I should have, but I've kind of followed the adoption world, and it's it's a very different world now, very different. First of all, in 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 under my umbrella, you know, which which has been working with Holt Adoption in Korea, um, they it's very very difficult and hard to get these kids in now. Very, uh, the woman whom I work with all the time, Susan Cox from Holt, um, she is just. She has families that are waiting to get kids in from China, and they just can't. They, no more, they, right? It's very, very difficult. International adoption has become mm-hmm. extremely challenging, um, but it, 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 it's a completely different world. Uh, and and the hard to place adoption thing has always been a challenge, but it's even more challenging now. I'm such a huge, huge fan of. Um, of trying to include these kids in uh, your families. It, it's, it's, uh, it isn't right for everybody. And believe me, as I say this to you, Joan, you know better than anybody else. It doesn't work all the time. I mean, no, the not all the time. Of, oh my gosh. The peaks and troughs of this kind of effort and family and, you know, oh my goodness, um, are, are, are pretty dramatic. But as I look back on it, uh, I think, wow, um, as <laughs> strange as it was, that it was really worth it. Um, it's it's a real challenge now with COVID because everybody, as you can well imagine, is going, except for your friend Lee Hay. Lee Hay and her husband Ken just got back from South Africa. They only they, they would kids. do that. <laughs> only do it. And they took them on a safari. And they had a fabulous time. And they were okay. Yeah. No one got sick, right? Nope. Nope. Nobody got sick. And uh, they just had a part of it is that so many people. Um, were not going there. I mean, they were, exactly. uh, you know, that, uh, but yeah, but Lee Hay and, and her family are, are in, in really good shape. And, and Avu and Amy, that that's, you know, the, the Vu I the told you about. The foster family, fabulous. right. Well, it, actually, it wasn't the foster family. It, it was, uh, it, we, um, uh, we, we, we were sponsors, which is, uh, it's in a different uh-huh. category. Different. Um, yeah. Um, they just a couple couple weeks ago they just came down with covid they're fine now but mm. uh, do you know anybody who doesn't know somebody no. who came down with covid i mean with the new the, the new variant the new variant yeah it's yeah, yeah. as we said almost everyone it's if they don't have it their kids have it or their friends have it or their neighbors have it it's spreading like wildfire and it still is fortunately oh, in many people it's milder but still you know, it's not a good idea to be inside with a crowd of people because the chances are you're going to get it no matter what that way. Yeah. And no, it's really, it's bizarre. I, well, you, you, you know, you know, it's just, yes. So um, we're, I went on, I went on a kind of an official delegation to Sudan at the end of the summer. Um, everyone was double vaxxed, everyone. Um, and we met with, you know, with the president, vice president of both South and North Sudan, uh, although if you've been following that, it's a mess there now. Uh-huh. Um, mess. Half of us were former members and half were businessmen, and six of us came back with COVID. Mm. Um, but the other, the, you know, the Delta variant, 
and uh, and and I highly recommend you're staying away from it. Right, but that's you, a bad one. Uh, your your wonderful daughter, Lihe said your your daughter just has been. She went to visit you, and she said it was just extraordinary how careful um, you and your and and Liz were. And uh, well, and Liz, I know. I mean, I, don't forget works in a business that deals with a lot of older people. You know, tech for older people. And she is so aware of the danger of her spreading it. So they are really careful. You walk into my apartment and the front table looks like a hospital waiting room. There are masks <laughs> and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And you know. yes. And yeah. yeah, right, yes. Well, no, I mean, and you can imagine how careful uh, the um, – the the Chappaqua group that Mark and Chelsea and the kids are with uh, with Bill and Hillary. I mean, it's just they're very very careful. Um, well, and uh, yeah, right. And uh, I must say, Lee, not Lee, hey, Marjorie's son married um, the Clinton daughter. So you know, the world goes around in all kinds of interesting ways. And I was interesting too, Marjorie, that you give a lot of advice on bringing up kids, how to talk to kids, and you limited it, you said, to what, 12 words, if you could? 12 words. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to worry about counting them, but just don't go off on on, on a tangent, which we have a tendency to do. Um, yeah, just limit it and, and be direct. Mostly it's about listening, you know, trying to figure out where the child um, is coming from. And uh, yes, I, I, I'm i a real believer in, uh, uh, although sometimes, especially now, I look back on it and, and you know, I mean, if my kids got up in the morning and said that they didn't feel well, I was mm-hmm. one of those mothers that would say, come on, go, go. Tough it out. <laughs> <I remember. laughs> Yeah, I can remember a call from a nurse at one of the schools who said, "Your your son is in your 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 son is here," and I of course said, "Can you t- ask him his name?" Um, and I, and I heard Mark say, "It's Mark, mom," and she she, she said, I, "I told my mom I didn't feel well," and the nurse said, "Well, he's projectile vomiting." Um, oh. <laughs> I said, "Oh, I've got a lesson. I've got to listen to." He's not he's not one of those hyperbolous kids. Um, yeah. But I, I, everybody, not anymore. You know, now, especially with the kids with COVID, it's just it's a whole different day. It is. And, and COVID is definitely affecting a younger population. The book is a great read, Marjorie, with all the kids. And it's it's amazing to follow their stories. And also. Um, with your own children, whether they're your biologic children, adopted, foster, whatever you do, there are all kinds of stories that are going to make you feel good and give you a lot of opportunity to hone up on skills which most of us don't even think about. Good job, Marjorie. Oh, Joan, thank you so much. When when things clear up, we've got to yeah, see you. I don't like this. We'll do it soon. It's going down. We're waiting for it. And here's what we're going to do now. You know the way women, many women, love jewels and things like that? That's how I love information. I love stories. There's a story in almost anything. So I'm not a big salad person. Ever since I read a story that 
There's more bacteria in greens and lettuce than in almost anything else. Now, of course, people buy organic. You wash it. You grow it. Whatever. But I never love salad. I'm at my friend, Joni, the archaeologist's house. We live near each other on Long Island. And she is a great salad maker. And this salad was so yummy. And I said, I'm loving this. What is it? And she said, well, I get something called salad topper. What's that? Maybe you guys know about it. It's walnuts, almonds, which are slivered, raw sunflower seeds, pepitas, and cranberries. And it's delicious. So I gobble up that whole salad, forgetting about that I don't like green. And I'm in the market. I'm in King Cullen. And I'm walking around, and there's a whole big section with this product, Salad Topper. And it's from a company called Lily's Family Foods. I buy it, of course, and we track it down. I call the company, and I talk with Joe Sagsveen, who's the son of the founders of Lily's Family Foods. And he was telling us they were a little chain of health food stores in 1976 based on Long Island. And they said people would come in looking for high-quality snacks. And then they began packaging, like things that were hot sellers, nuts, dried fruit, trail mixes. And honestly, when we're so worried about family business, small business, Lily started this. And they got a state-of-the-art manufacturing facility out in Deer Park. And today, the whole family... Paul, Rita, Joe, his sister, are all part of the Lilly team. They not only offer my favorite salad topper, but conventional and certified organic nuts and seeds, yummy dried fruit, granola, chocolates, candy, trail mixes. The prices are fair, and it's all over. I don't know where I was that I never looked for them. Stop and Shop, D'Agostino's, Gristiti's. Key Foods, King Collins, ShopRite, IGA, Met Foods. And they have a website called buythepound.com, B-U-Y, buythepound.com. And you can get one-pound packages of all their products, the nuts, the seeds, the dried fruit, the trail mixes, granolas, chocolates, candies, and the salad topper, and free shipping, if you spend $55, and what here's what I paid for it in the market. The salad topper, which I literally can't stop eating. You're supposed to eat it on salad. I just eat it. It's $6.99. If you buy the organic, it's $9.99. Walnuts, $7.99, and more for organic. Roasted pistachios, salted and unsalted, $11.99. Dark chocolate almonds, Nine ninety nine. They have all kinds of trail mixes. Very reasonable. Great granola. Also, original and organic. So look for this product, Lily's Family Foods. Promise you, delicious, and it's going to change the way you serve salad. So enjoy, enjoy your day, and come join us every week with Let Me Tell You. I'm Joan Hamburg.